0: Welcome to Naham Connections Podcast: Voices in Patient Access. Here, industry experts contribute their voices about popular patient access topics, including career development and leadership, revenue cycle operations, healthcare regulations, and the patient experience. If you like what you hear today, subscribe or leave a review where you listen to podcasts.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Naham Connections Podcast. I'm Morgan Mangara, Managing Editor of NAHAM's Access Management Journal and NAHAM Connections, and your podcast host. In this episode, I'm sitting down with Liz Nix, Director of Service Quality and Development for Patient Access Services at Vanderbilt University Medical Center. Today, we'll discuss how patient access leaders can empower their teams to chart their own career paths. Liz walks us through the process of implementing a career path, shares anecdotes from employees, and gives advice for leaders embarking on this process in their facilities. Liz, welcome to the NAHAM Connections podcast.
2: Thanks so much. It's great to be here.
1: Before diving into our conversation, tell our listeners a bit about yourself, your career in patient access, and your involvement with NAHAM.
2: I come to patient access in kind of an odd way. I have a degree in horticulture. And worked at disney trimming topiaries and mowing grass and worked as an urban planning consultant for about 10 years before finding my way to nashville and beginning to work at vanderbilt medical center first in space management and then found my way into patient access sort of by accident um, through relationships i had built and people that i had worked with and i was looking to do something different and and it was a good fit and I just, I fell in love with the people and the, the the pace and all of the opportunities for making connections. And so I've been in patient access at Vanderbilt for about four and a half years. I'm coming up on 10 years at Vanderbilt in total, which seems in, insane. And uh, I've been involved with Naham since joining patient access I was going to be at the conference last year, but this little thing called a pandemic happened. And so that was gonna be my first time to go uh, in person, but I was able to present during the virtual experience last fall on reflective leadership and it was wonderful. I had such a great experience. The facilitators were great, the participants were great. And so I was really excited to be able to come join y'all today. And then I will also share, You know, I do have my MBA and then I'm currently pursuing my PhD in learning and leadership my passion for this topic is reflected in my work and also my my academic pursuits as it were. So it's a little bit about me.
1: That's wonderful. And what a career path you have yourself. So shifting to charting career paths, investing in employees' future is important to staff engagement and satisfaction. Why are you passionate about helping your team members map out their careers? And can you share an overview of your organization's career path for the patient access team? Working towards something
2: is exciting. No matter what you do, no matter what your role is, if it's your first job, if it's your last job before you retire, it's fun to work towards something. And so as leaders, if we can help our teams find their intrinsic motivation and something that they're passionate about, then they're going to look at their work in totally new ways. And so then you find more engagement, you find more innovation, you find more teamwork. And so selfishly, I love it because their excitement is—they're figuring out their goals. They're getting excited. It makes me excited. It reinvigorates and remotivates me every day because they are so excited about their progress and where they see themselves being able to go. And so it's a great feedback loop of excitement and positivity, and it's invigorating and it makes going to work every day just exciting and wonderful. In our department, you know, we have opportunities for all of our employees that can move into different roles. So. I'm sure, you know, most people in patient access, there's agent, and then there's some sort of unit level leader, maybe a supervisor. There's a hierarchical path, you know, and we definitely have those opportunities. And then we also have opportunities in our support teams, training, quality. Those are areas that I personally oversee. We have workforce management. But Vanderbilt's a large organization, and many of us, many of the listeners, many of the members of NAHAM have these large organizations where there are so many opportunities that it can really be overwhelming. And so I think that is why it is really important to help people reflect on what they need from a career and where they can provide the most value and get the most satisfaction so that they're not making a bunch of false starts, trying to move into different areas and really finding that that's that's not what they thought it was. It's not what they want. It's not something that they're passionate about. And so, yeah, I think that's kind of our career path. We have the hierarchical one, but we really try to think broadly as where can someone go within our organization
1: that's wonderful thank you for explaining that liz so for patient access leaders who are planning to implement a career path for their employees where can they start
2: one thing that's really important to remember and to distinguish between is that there's an advancement plan and there's a career path so an advancement plan might be something that's internal to your department and a career path might be at your department or your organization or even maybe beyond And so an advancement plan you know you have a checklist and when you complete it you you move up and maybe you're you know agent level one agent level two you check the box you've been here this long you've you've performed at this level and at a certain point it becomes administrative which it's great the employee is checking boxes they're empowered to know what to do to make more money and that's great because you know of our jobs but we also like getting paid and that's a a nice thing for people to know that they have some control over that But it isn't necessarily focused on their future potential and what they could do 10, 15, 20 years down the road. So career pathing is a much bigger undertaking. And it really requires the employee to be ready to be actively engaged throughout the process. It's not a guarantee of advancement. It's a roadmap that they have to own and they have to take action to move down that path. So then when you're talking about career pathing, I always think there's two places to start. First, as a leader, you have to prepare. You have to know your organization's general structure, the types of jobs that are out there, what the job descriptions require, what would be a logical next step for someone if they're going to move from an access role to something else that they are passionate about. You know, maybe they're passionate about people and they want to be in recruiting or they, you know, love analysis and they want to join IT. Find out those job descriptions. Who do you know in those departments? What do they look for? Finding those and then finding the internal opportunities as well, things that people would be interested in at various levels, so entry level, maybe middle leadership level, preparing yourself so that you can speak from a place of expertise. And then, second, you really have to have some resources to guide the discussion with your employees. They have to define their path based on what they need and what they value. And we can't tell them that. So we have to give them prompts to help them start reflecting on what matters to them. There are so many free resources, just doing a quick internet search. I have a couple I tend to use. If you search for the personal values assessment, it's free. It takes them maybe five minutes to complete, and then it'll email them a PDF that gives them some breakdown of, you know, it basically gives you like a whole set of values and they pick 10. And then it'll email you and kind of tell you like what it means, the things you picked, kind of what it means and where your next steps could be. And it gives you some additional reflective prompts. That's a really good one to start with. If you have someone that really just, they're not quite sure what they're great at yet or where they shine. I like to use the uh, the VIA Character Strengths Assessment, another free web resource out of the University of Pennsylvania and Dr. Seligman's group there. And that gives them like, these are the things where, these are your strengths that you can lean into. And then if someone's just really trying to crystallize where they're going, another tool I use is tell people, write your personal mission statement. What do you want to do with your life? Not just your profession, but your life. How do you want to be remembered? How do you want people to see you? And these are all just reflective prompts for them. This is something for them to take away and work on because they have to own the process. So it's their journey to create. And as leaders, we're here to facilitate and to help them and to keep them moving, but we can't do the work for them.
1: That's great. And thank you for sharing those resources. So you mentioned that as a good first step, it's important to identify those values, those needs, those passions. So why is this values-based approach so important to a career path? The
2: analogy I like to use for this, you know, when you're driving and you've got your windows down, but the windows are like a little bit off. And then all of a sudden you have this kind of weird buffeting sensation of sound and pressure, and it's not going to make you crash your car. It's not going to cause catastrophe, but it is annoying and frustrating and distracting. And I feel like that's kind of analogous to what happens to us sort of mentally and emotionally when we're out of alignment. And it could be out of alignment in our life, in our personal life, professional life, our role versus what we value. But being out of alignment like that over time, it'll wear on you. If you had to drive a 10 hours with your windows like that, when you finally got out of the car, you'd be like, yay, I can't can't have one more moment of that. And so it's important to be mindful of that. And people sometimes aspire to a certain role or they wanna be a leader because they think they're supposed to, or they think that's the only way that they're ever gonna earn more money. But that doesn't mean that it's gonna make them happy. We all have things that we're really good at and things that we're not so good at. And when we're mismatched, In our skills, that's we start to get that kind of buffeting sensation. Um, And when someone knows what's important to them, and they know for a fact that that is what they need to feel satisfied, to feel productive, then it can clarify the types of roles they should consider. So an example I use just personally is I love working with people. So while I might be capable of heads-down analytical work, I would not be successful in that over time. I wouldn't be as productive as somebody who's really into that because it's just not my thing. And the flip side, if someone really likes that, really likes to just have their head down and be really analyzing data, a role where they're just supposed to be in meetings and focused on big picture things is not gonna make them happy. They're gonna be frustrated that they can't get into those details. I also use the example, some listeners, I hope all of the listeners know the episode of Parks and Recreation where April Ludgate is trying to figure out what she wants to do. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. But the point is obviously it's it's a comedy show and so it's funny but she's not writing down titles and salaries. She's not saying I wanna make X amount of money and have this title. She's thinking about the things she actually enjoys doing. And of course hers are, I hate people. I love telling people what to do. You know, it's, it's a comedy show. But truly, if you don't like confrontation, you should probably not aspire to leadership because you're going to have to confront difficult people sometimes. If you love being creative, You should probably not work in an area that is super highly regulated and doesn't have a lot of opportunity to innovate or think outside the box. And so then when you're aligned with your work, with your values, you're going to start performing at the top of your game. And the earning part, the title part, that will all come because you're going to be delivering the absolute best that you can do.
1: Oh, what a great message with some analogies and pop culture references threaded (laughs) in. (laughs) So as a follow-up question, how does leading with values make you and your fellow leaders a better leader?
2: It is not original for me to say that you have to lead yourself first. I'm not the first person to say that. I won't be the last person to say that. When you know what you need and what you value in your professional life, then you can be authentic in your leadership. People respond to authenticity. You cannot fake it. Um, And you're also able then to cultivate a sense of abundance. And that's the idea that despite feels on some days, you actually do not have a limit to patience or kindness or creativity. And everybody who in their head right now is saying, that's easy for you to say. I hear you. I I have the days where I think I don't have one more shred of patience left. It's a journey. (laughs) But we try to cultivate a little bit more abundance every day and to remember that uh, you know, what, what we're doing is 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 where we feel valued and is giving us what we need and we we can be there for people. We can continue to give of ourselves. We can continue to serve our teams um, when when we're feeling like we're living our authentic leadership journey. Um, but it has to start with us reflecting on the same way that we're gonna guide our employees. What matters to you? How does it manifest in your work life? How do you apply it to every interaction every single day? If trust is something you value, are you making sure that you are giving and receiving trust in every interaction? If empowerment is important, are you giving empowerment? Are you using the things you're empowered to do to the best of your ability?
1: That's great advice. Thank you, Liz.
0: Like what you hear on Naham Connections podcast? Visit naham.org slash Connections to catch up with the latest patient access content and insights from patient access professionals and industry experts.
1: So back to the career path, explain how to go about aligning employee roles and responsibilities with an organization's mission and values. And why is this alignment important and how does it impact both the employee and the organization?
2: In healthcare, our mission statements might differ, but we're all here to serve. We're all here to be models for empathy, for compassion. Healthcare, despite different organizations, healthcare has a core mission that is universal. And so we should be able to connect employees' needs and values, our needs and values with the aspirational mission of healthcare at its very best. And I think what is more important is being intentional in how we connect the mission, the values and the behaviors when we're when we're talking about things like engagement or alignment what we're really talking about are behaviors i want people to show up on time i want them to show empathy i want them to be positive and assume positive intent i want them to take ownership those are the behaviors that i want people to demonstrate you know if they value something like empowerment or autonomy i can connect that to the behavior of owning your time management and being on time because your team and the patients are relying on you. And I can connect that to the mission that we're here to serve. And when you take your autonomy and use it to be on time, then you're helping connect to the mission of serving patients. So making that very clear connection of the tangible behavior to the value, to the mission. I think we all know the research is really clear that when your employees are satisfied, when they feel empowered, when they feel productive, Your patient satisfaction will take care of itself. Your other colleagues that you work with, their happiness with the service you're delivering, that will take care of itself because your employees are, they're in the flow. They're firing on all cylinders. They're happy. They're feeling connected.
1: Thanks, Liz. Patient access professionals are dedicated and goal-oriented employees. Can you explain a little more about how you integrate an individual's personal career goals and values into the overall career roadmap?
2: I would actually counter and say, I don't even know if it's possible to not integrate their personal career goals into their career map. This is probably not gonna be a surprise, but not everybody wants to work in Access forever. And that's okay, it's fine. We don't expect, we tell our phone agents, we know you, you don't wanna be on the phones for the next 10 years, that's okay. Give us a little bit of time and we'll invest in you if you invest in us. A career path should represent all available options and, and put the employee in control. When they know what they need from an organization, from a work environment, when they know what they value to find meaning, then we do a little bit of a gap analysis, right, on the types of jobs they want. So one exercise that I I use with people, you know, after we've kind of figured out whether it's they've got their mission statement or they've figured out what their strengths are or they've really dialed into like their top three values that are just non-negotiable, I, I have to have this as part of my career. Then I'll give them a, a little bit of homework of go, go on LinkedIn, go on the internet go find the job description for the ideal job. It doesn't matter if you're qualified for it or not. It could be the CEO of something, it, whatever it is, go find the job that you think is the job. And then we look at that and we do a gap analysis, right? Does this actually align to the strengths that you have identified? It does it align to the values you've identified. It does, okay, what skills do you need and what skills do you have? Then you have a roadmap, right? If I want to be the CEO, I know I need to have a lot higher understanding of finance. I need to, you know, I might need to understand public speaking because you got to be present and out there, understanding networking, and community outreach. If you want to be the director of HR, there's a whole other legal part you need to know. So find that job and then start looking and, and making your roadmap of where can I start gathering skills? Where can I start gathering experience? And this comes into play with preparation you do as a leader. It's not just the organizational structure, but what resources do you have? I know for us at Vanderbilt, we have wonderful leadership development resources that our our organization provides, and they also provide a a really great self-directed learning portal. And so a lot of times we'll sit with someone and look through and say, well, here's some certifications you can take in the learning portal. Here's some classes you can take to start building the roadmap, and that helps them identify specific skills. And then that roadmap creates small, achievable goals. And so each step they take, each time they learn something new, each time they complete some type of certification, maybe they even enroll in school and start working towards a new degree or something like that, that builds on the progress of the previous step. There's a really good book that I recommend to people called The Progress Principle, I'm going to forget the researchers' names. I think they're out of Harvard. It was Teresa Amabile and Stephen somebody, I think. I don't have it right to hand, but they talk about creating a virtuous cycle of achieving these small goals, of making progress, and using that momentum to continue setting goals and moving forward. And some of you may be thinking, that sounds a lot like gamification. It's kind of the same principle. And I know if you're not using gamification in your context, then you wish you were, or you're trying to budget it in somewhere. It's that same sort of progress that people use to get people addicted to video games and all those kinds of things of, you know, making incremental progress towards a meaningful goal is very empowering and very motivating.
1: That's great. Thanks, Liz. So do you have any anecdotes to share about team members who found particular success as they charted their patient access career path? Any moments you're most proud of as a leader? Our audience loves stories.
2: I have so many. <laughs> it's hard to pick one and I don't want to call anybody out by name or anything. So I can think of two quick ones off the top of my head that are examples of some agents that have been going through this process. And then I also have someone on my team. So you tell me when I've given you too many anecdotes, but we had one woman who was an agent in our call center. She'd been there quite a while. She was great. She knew her stuff, but you know she was ready for something new. And I would talk with her periodically here and there when she had time, you know, she might message me or put some time on my calendar and we just kind of talk through these types of things. Well, you know, what do you like about this job? What do you not like about this job? What do you need in the next role? What is going to keep you motivated and moving forward? You know, she really liked helping people, but she definitely wanted to move up as far as responsibility and things like that she took it on herself to go and get a a master's degree while she was working. And that was part of her preparation piece so that when an opportunity presented itself, she could go for it and we would be comfortable giving her a glowing reference knowing that she was ready. And then last fall, a position came along outside of our department, but within Vanderbilt, and she applied. I got the call as the reference and I was able to say, these are the things that she has done. She is so ready for this and it's been fantastic. Now I meet with her as a peer in, in a different context um, and, sh- and she's loving it. She's clearly fulfilled and happy. They're happy with her performance because she's feeling motivated, she's feeling empowered, she's loving having some autonomy. Um, and so that's one example. Another is a kind of a different um, situation where we had someone join our team last summer, you know, due to many complications from pandemicness. know he wanted to get in at Vanderbilt and despite having a significant amount of experience this was his his best option was to come in as a phone agent for us so that he could kind of figure out Vanderbilt and where he wanted to go and so he knew he wanted to move into to project management but he needed to he needed help navigating the organization and kind of figuring out where his project management skills would be best suited because an organization of 25,000 plus employees project management can mean something different in a lot of different places so um, those are kind of two examples so we've been i've been helping him make connections and apply for things and and make sure his cover letters and things are are tailored he he knows where he wants to go he knows what he needs and he he, he needs help with the navigation part so again everybody's journey is different and so you kind of have to meet them where they are and fill in where they need more assistance um, and then just personally on my team I have someone who joined from a technical specialist role in the organization as a program manager a couple of years ago, and it was kind of his first sort of exempt role, taking on some autonomy, some responsibility for things. And um, after he kind of got his arms around the programs, he took off with it, was constantly improving them and innovating on them and coming up with new ideas and better ways to analyze and automate data um and and we talked and he was really ready to move towards project management that was what he identified as something that he wanted to do um and so we we looked at the resources available here are the classes that vanderbilt offers that you can take for free here's a certification you can get for free and he did those things and then an opportunity arose where somebody was going on leave and needed to hand their project over and so i was able to confidently assign it to him and he was so successful that then another project came along and I was able to assign it to him. And then I was able to formally promote him to project manager. Um, and so now we're working on the next step of senior. And then ultimately he wants to go work with pediatric families. And so I know, one, I, need, I know I need to get him to senior. And two, I know him in the path of people in the pediatric world so that he can start building those relationships. So I, I feel like maybe those are three examples that kind of run the gamut it's every single person that you work on career pathing with is going to be different because they're going to be in a different place. Um, And so it it can take a lot of different forms.
1: Those are really great stories of growth and success.
0: Looking to grow your skill set and stature within patient access profession? Consider Naham's certified healthcare access associate or Certified Healthcare Access Manager, the only patient access certifications that meet NCCA standards. Showcase your knowledge, problem-solving abilities, and dedication to your career by becoming NAHAM certified. Visit certification.naham.org to learn more.
1: So beyond a career path, how else can patient access leaders encourage and support team members in their day to day work?
2: The piece of advice I give new leaders, and the mantra that I say to myself in the mirror every morning, is it's not about me, or it's not about you, right? It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. Um, you know, leadership is has to be selfless. So, you know, we can talk about different leadership theories and read about theories. You know, I'm a servant leader. I'm a transformational leader. I'm a situational leader. Those are all great, fantastic to read about those things and learn about more dimensions of leadership. But again, it all goes back to behavior. I can call myself a servant leader all day long, but am I actually serving my team? And so I would say um, the best thing leaders can do, be there for your team. Prioritize them over the meetings and over the emails. I know it's hard sometimes. You've got to make sure you're meeting with them regularly and you've got to hold those time slots sacred. Don't let your one-on-ones be the thing that gets canceled off your calendar every week or every month. And then I I know we're permanently remote. I don't know where everybody is in their journey of being remote or maybe coming back in and that kind of thing, but now more than ever, you've got to be intentional and frequent with your communication. Um, So when we went fully remote, which you know obviously pandemic, everybody went home and we decided to stay that way. And so my team said we love working from home, but we really miss that we could just pop into your office and ask you a question. Um, and so, you know, in current degree program, my professors every week have office hours that you they join the meeting and you can come or not come. And I thought that's a great idea. I'm going to take that. So every day there's an hour set aside that's my office hours, and I start the meeting and I just go about my business, um, and they can pop in with a question. They can pop in to share good news. They can pop in with something serious. They can pop in to vent, <laughs> which isn't common, but you know, we're sometimes we just need to to blow off some steam. Um, but the thing is, they like knowing that time is there. That there's always an hour in the day where I'm. They can get me. Um, that I won't be in another meeting, and they're going to have to wait. Um, you know, I I try to be as available as I can at all times. um, But that having that kind of sacred time that they know I'm there is has been really beneficial. So that would be my my number one thing is just really be intentional with your time. It's the number one thing your team wants from you. And it's in short supply, I know.
1: That's really great advice. How can an organization like Mayham support its members as they embark on their patient access career journey?
2: So again, I I really think it's it's about connection. It's about intention. You know, platforms like this are fantastic. Um, it's a, it's a different way than than an article or a, you know a webinar. You can listen in your car and things like that. You can hear ideas. You know, maybe you reinforce or enhance something you're doing. Um, you know, and then you know regional chapters can do things like lunch and learns or peer you know peer support groups, peer groups that are working towards a certain goal. Um, but with so much that happens virtually and the pace of change is increasing and that's that's not going to stop, we have to advocate as leaders for intentional and thoughtful interactions with our teams and between each other. We have to make time to actively listen, to learn from each other. And so I think organizations like Naham are perfectly situated to enable that type of exchange. Um, but I will say that we, as members, we have to honor that investment in us by participating and sharing too. It can't be a one-way street where, um, you know, our professional organizations are trying to support us and we're passive recipients of it. We have to be engaged too. It's about it's about you know dedicating your time and investing your time in what's important, which is which is our teams.
1: That's great. Thanks, Liz. So you have shared so much great advice throughout this conversation, but what's one final best piece of advice that you have for patient access leaders looking to implement a career path in their organization?
2: Kind of twofold. One, make sure that you are solid in your values and your needs. Do this for yourself first and make sure that you feel that you are where you need to be and that you are truly living authentically as a leader and you feel connected to the work. And once you've gone through that exercise and you know what you value and need, planning and preparation are key. What resources does your organization have? What types of roles are available? Are you able to give people on your team a little bit of time every week for some personal development? Um, you know, which I understand. You know, with phone agents, that's a hard that's a hard thing because our, we we live and die by our answer rates and things like that. So we can't necessarily give them time. So how how else can we make space for them? Um, to grow. And then I think the most important thing to remember is there's not a one-size-fits-all solution. It has to be personal um, because leadership is personal and healthcare is personal. And we can't separate those things.
1: Well, Liz, thank you so much for taking the time today to discuss the importance of empowering your team members to chart their own career paths. Thank you. It's been great talking with you. For more on how patient access can encourage and create career ladders for their employees, visit Naham.org slash Naham Connections to review the wealth of content focused on career development and leadership. That's Naham.org slash Naham Connections. Thank you to everyone listening today. Until next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Naham Connections Podcasts voices in patient access. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to stay up to date on the latest news and insights in patient access. Read more in-depth articles by visiting us at Naham Connections. dot org slash connections. Until next time.